Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and joining me for this Scottish football edition of the podcast is Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? Hello again. Yes, it's not it been <laughs> half an hour. About 25 minutes, yeah. Yeah, we've just finished recording the uh, regular Gambler podcast, which has actually become the Belarusian Gambler podcast at the moment. Uh, so if you've not already caught that, then make sure you listen to it. And for this Scottish edition of the football uh, podcast, we are delighted to be joined by host and owner of Scottish football's most popular fan site, which is Pie and Bovro, and his name is David McDonald. Great to have Good you on the podcast, David. How are you yeah, doing? Yeah, th- thanks so much. That's a lovely introduction. Just for people who are maybe not familiar with Pine Bovril, although I would imagine that most fans who have any, even a passing interest in Scottish football will be familiar, can you just give us a wee update on what the site is about and how it came about and, and what it does on a, a regular basis? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, P&B, Pine Bovril was founded in 2003, so it's almost 17 years old, which in internet terms makes it a pensioner. Um, I always we compared internet years like dog years. Yeah. <laughs> when I walked in the business originally, that's what it felt like. Things just yeah, moved so quickly. So so back then I had a St Murn site. Uh, at that time, most clubs had forums. They were beginning to become quite popular. So most club fans had forum, had forum sites. So I had a St Murn one. Um, but there wasn't really much for fans of all clubs to get involved. So there was a site called Scottish Football Online around that time. Um, it kind of collapsed and died because at that time the technology was was pretty immature and they had a lot of traffic. So I set up pineboverall.com at that time to be a kind of, to take on that kind of mantle, if you like, to be a forum for fans of all clubs um, of all sizes. And at that time, it really was mostly the old First Division teams who were involved. So a lot of Falkirk fans, Clyde, Mirren, mm-hmm. um Partick Thistle, all at, all at that time, who were all who the were small all, clubs, yeah, <laughs> the big clubs, Greg, and um, <laughs> the uh, that kind of it just kind of grew from there. It was like a snowball, and then when St. Mirren then were promoted up to the Premier League, I'm a big St. Mirren fan. I kind of really tried to 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 push it there, and it just took off. And as I say, it's been going 17 years. We have around 50,000 users on the forum, so it's it's relatively popular still social media has obviously changed things a little bit for us but we still get about four or five million hits a month on the site and obviously we've got an active twitter account at pine bov which we have about eighty one thousand followers i think i don't really know why we've got so many the <laughs> crap that i talk but but it's as it it's supposed to be or it is about fans of all scottish football clubs and that goes from Premiership right down to juniors, amateurs, you name it. Um, we've got really lively section in or what was the juniors near the west of Scotland and stuff like that. So, yeah. and it's just there's a lot of really smart, funny people on it, and there's a nucleus of really good people, which kind of seems to have kept most of the bandits, if you like. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's it's been a lot of fun and it's still going. It's kind of my baby, so I look after it. And it's a really good team of moderators who keep it clean and keep me out of court. <laughs> Which is the most important thing. It's a great resource from Scottish football for Scottish football, and I think Scottish football is actually really well served from a fan point of view now. I mean, obviously, there's the traditional media, media, the papers, television, stuff like that, but actually I think there's a lot of guys out there doing some really good stuff on Scottish football at the moment. No, I totally agree. I think, you know, the, the guys in the terrace, obviously, are 
really came to the fore in the last couple of seasons. Their stuff's gone right onto the telly now, and I think it's excellent. I really enjoy it. Um, there's a lot of good writing going on, a lot of good bloggers, a lot of really good uh, Twitter accounts out there. You know, I think you guys as well, you know, the stuff that Greg puts out there, I think it's really good. He's obviously got his, his finger on the pulse with Scottish football. So, um, you know, a load of podcasts, there's so many podcasts now, but um, there can never be too much. You just, you just pick and choose what you want to listen to. But yeah, there's a lot of good coverage. A lot of people spend a lot of time and because we are so passionate about the game, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. In terms of a CV, I think that makes you the perfect guest to join our Scottish football betting podcast. However, the one line in your CV that concerns me is your admission to being the self-confessed worst gambler in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so. Just the most unlucky gambler in the world. Aren't, aren't we I, all? I, do, I, I absolutely love gambling. I really do love it. And I love trying to find the value tips and you know I spend I spend a long time looking at data and trying to find I don't know anything that I can find and I listen to people that I listen to the, the gambler stuff and it, no matter what I do I still don't seem to really win very much uh, I do win now and again but not very much and as Greg will tell you I had typical luck uh, the other night with the, the Motherwell Ross County game which I put on put a bet on about five minutes before kickoff. just thought I'd put a £5 bet builder on just for a little bit of interest because I, I do find the game's a little bit flat without fans. And I had both uh, uh, Ross Stewart and Liam Donnelly to both score and both teams to go over three corners. So the first, the, the, everything was in except Donnelly to score. And I'd obviously picked the two players that I knew would take a penalty. So when, when Donnelly steps up to take his penalty, I'm thinking 23 to 1, this will do nicely. And he didn't even hit the target. And, and then you start <laughs> thinking, this is the sort of luck that I And have. that sums so, up the luck. I've seen some of the lines that Dave has put up. And looking at them before the match, he goes, do you know what? That's a really good shout. But he seems to be void of any luck. <laughs> I really am lucky. Sometimes I'd say. <laughs> We're going yeah, to Saturday, Saturday, so I put I, I do publish a treble on every Saturday myself and I, a guy called Knightswood Bear, who's a, a Rangers fan who I get on well with, and we, we have a competition every Saturday on Twitter, 10 quid treble, and at the end of the season, the person who wins the most or loses the least, <laughs> let's put it that way, <laughs> has to uh, make a contribution to charity. So, and then Saturday there, my treble was let down by Rangers not getting a card at Pataudry. I mean, when does that you, ever happen? Yeah, exactly. You can't. All I needed one yellow. It was probably like one to ten as part of my bet builder, and it still didn't come in. And you start thinking, oh, I'm totally cursed here. So, um, yeah, but that's I do. I really enjoy it, and uh, I, I enjoy kind of just as I say, looking through all the numbers and trying to find something. Um, and me, uh, me and my few of my pals, we bet every week, and we're pretty all hopeless to be honest. So we need we need as much help as we can get from people like you. And that's probably the key thing as well that you guys enjoy it, and it's it's a bit of fun. No, it totally is. Podcast, but that's probably the most important thing that is an enjoyable thing to do, and you're having fun doing it. It totally is. You know, we I only bet with one one bookie. I only bet with Bet Three Six Five because just because I like the app, I like everything about it. I I don't really shop around for value and stuff because I am betting literally five quid, ten quid here and there, and, and I put a limit on what I bet and I only bet what I can afford. I do all of that sort of stuff, and I really do try and keep a lid on it because it, it can get out of control. There's no doubt about it, but I, I really enjoy it, and I don't. I'm, I'm never ashamed of it. I, um, I never, you know, people always. Go oh, gambling, gambling, but I really enjoy it, and it passes a lot of time for me. So, if I can afford it and you know enjoy it, then why not do it? Quite right. 
Exactly. Um, we're going to test that luck this week because you've given us some tips which we'll discuss uh, in the next probably 15-20 minutes over the course of the podcast. Um, but before we get there, obviously you've got your finger on the pulse in terms of Scottish football. What's your thoughts for the season ahead generally? Um, obviously the Premiership has just kicked off, looks like a two-horse race at the top. Your own team, dare I say, may well be involved in a fight to avoid the drop at the bottom. Well, oh, come controversial. On controversial. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. We are, <laughs> we're sitting fifth at the moment, I think you find. Uh, yeah. no, I, I, from a Simon point of view, I thought we played really pretty well on Saturday, but I, I would concede that I think we're we're missing we're missing something else up front. Uh, that's and I think that is you know, you, you look through most of the teams in that league, that is the difference. You look at Aberdeen last season. Cosgrove made a huge difference yeah. to them, yeah. uh, and without him, suddenly they already they look pretty ordinary. Um, and, and you look down the league, you know, Livingston, obviously top six last season, Dykes made a massive difference to them, yeah. uh, and and that is the difference. There's no doubt about it. If you've got somebody that's going to score you 10, 15, 20 goals at, at one of the smaller clubs, then you've got a chance. But without that quality, you're going to struggle. And, and all the teams are looking for that gem. You know, I think that's like Greg's team, St. Johnson, they obviously brought Stevie May back, hoping that he would get those goals. And maybe he will under Callum Davidson, but he certainly didn't look great last season. And I think that's partly why, you know, you, you look at, um, I don't know, Dundee United, Shankland, you know, that's why they've got to hold on to players like that, because that is the difference, no doubt about it. And as the season starts, you're probably talking that they're, when we spoke in the podcast last week with... Um, Paul from McBookie, we spoke about there probably being kind of two top six places left after you take away Rangers, Celtic, Hibs and Aberdeen. There's no reason why St Mirren can't think they can get top six. Same with Ross County, same with Livingston, same with Kilmarnock. There's probably two places left and there's not probably that much between the sides. And like you say, no. having a goal scorer has a massive, massive uh, help to that. No, definitely. You know, although Tony Fitzpatrick, Tony Fitzpatrick uh, says that Man will finish top four or top six every season. So nobody, <laughs> in, you know, everybody around St Man loves Tony Fitzpatrick. We all Such do, an but nobody. Isn't he? Yeah, he's just he's just a really optimistic yeah, guy, and you can't really know that life. too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, but yeah, I think we're we're not going to be far away. We're definitely we're, we're really solid at the back. We look as though he's, he's recruited well. You know, we've got four guys at the back who have all been captain at their previous club so you've got quite a lot of experience there Marcus Fraser Shaughnessy uh, who Greg will know well obviously how did he go on Sunday Saturday sorry Shaughnessy was brilliant he he completely he completely uh, snuffed out Dykes and that that was a massive contribution to to, to the win Um, because without Dykes Livingston looked fairly ordinary obviously they've lost Lawless as well so um, I, I don't think they look great to be fair, but then again, Livingston's away record isn't great, even with you know last season, it wasn't great. We'll, so, we'll get just, to that, we'll get to that, yeah, <laughs> yes, we will get to that, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I don't think there's much to choose between any of kind of seven, eight teams, that's for sure. I think you're absolutely right, yeah, and I think that makes it really difficult looking at the Premiership in terms of betting week on week. And it's a league we didn't really cover too much last well, last season, Greg, yeah. No, it's pretty much the Hibs train, the Hibs yeah. goal train, and that was yeah. it, really. We didn't tend to focus on the top flight too much. Most of our bets on the weekend came from League One and League Two and, and yeah. the Championship, and that's where the value is at as well. And this week's a case in point where you look at the fixtures, and it's really hard 
to pick any kind of winner out this weekend? Really tough, I think. I think I spoke to you both pre-podcast. There's not one side out of the four games on Saturday that a club is odds on. They're all odds against six to four, five to four. Yeah, really tough. And the bookies don't really know what's going to go on. Um, yeah, and I think as well, you saw the games at the weekend, you know, four out of the six games under two and a half goals. There wasn't a huge amount of goals. And there wasn't, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for everybody to adjust uh, to playing without fans there. Um, and plus the fact is there's, there's new players, there's new management, there's, there's, there's so many new things in there that it just becomes a bit of a lottery, doesn't it? Yeah. OK, well, we'll kick off with, well, I guess we'll just go through them in chronological order. The St. Johnson v Aberdeen game is the first game of the weekend. That's on half 12, it's live on Sky. Uh, Greg, I guess we'll as well start with you, St. Johnson fan. 2-1, to one, St. Johnson to win. <laughs> uh, very good price. It's a match that, for me, is best left alone, I think. I think, as David said, very early in the season, um, looking back over last week, a lot of the games were tough to call. Now, Aberdeen against Rangers were pretty poor, pretty toothless in attack. They're going to miss Sam Cosgrove massively. You can't underestimate how big a miss he's going to be to Aberdeen, um, especially after last season's performances from him. So Aberdeen comes out to Perth, half 12 kick-off. I don't know what to expect from Aberdeen, really. Mm-hmm. Derek McInnes' team, you tend to get a reaction from them after a poor, poor result. Now, the Rangers game wasn't a poor result. They weren't expected to beat Rangers. But performance-wise... Derek McInnes may say it was a good enough performance, but in, yeah. in attack, it didn't tepid, really offer much. Yeah. yeah, and we've got a pretty good record against Aberdeen. Um, I would fancy us, and I think two to one's a decent price. I just think it's too early in the season yet. Um, games like this, we're two to one. I think Aberdeen are best priced eleven to eight. Um, it's just a really tough game to call, and that's not me just trying to sit in the fence. I genuinely won't be touching this game. I think I think it's hard to call. Yeah, I think I make it four of the last seven meetings have been draws. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a draw again. I think both teams can score. I think at the moment, although Aberdeen are struggling in attack, we don't often keep clean sheets, really. Obviously, last season, we started the season dreadfully. But I don't think that helped by the fact we played Celtic at Parkhead in the first game of the season. Got beat 7-0. We really struggled the first few months of last season. But this season, in terms of the squad... Looking pretty strong. We've got Callum Davidson back. I think we should be there thereabouts for top six. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see us get a result on, on Saturday. But again, I wouldn't be surprised to see it get a draw either. David, you're keen to take St. Johnson at 2-1? Well, I think I had that down as my long shot, to be fair. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I, I just thought I thought Aberdeen were really bad um, on Saturday. I guess they're, they're obviously playing against, on paper, a decent Rangers side. So... That has to be mitigating circumstances, but without Cosgrove and even without Maine, I think they just they lack a bit of physicality up front. And I don't know, I, I think St Johnson will do all right this season. I, I think Callum Davidson will be a good appointment, um, a bit of continuity there. They finished the season fairly well, um, having had recovered from a horrific start. So I think go home 2 to 1 and them on Saturday isn't bad. You know, I, I, I won't be touching it either, but I, I do think it's a bit of a high price. Um, especially because Aberdeen's injury problems. Yeah, I think it kind of tallies with something Paul Petrie from Mabuki said to us last week on the podcast where he's always keen to take on weak-looking favourites. And I think Aberdeen are a weak-looking favourite in this game at 11-8. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. The boy they've got up from Leeds apparently is a bit of a player, but I always, always think 
it takes a little bit of time for even good players to come up and adjust to yeah. our game because it is, it is different, there's no doubt about it. And so it's going to be hard. Me, very similar to the Ross County Motherwell match on Monday night. And I know a lot of people back to Motherwell, but that was a game for me that I felt no scoreline would surprise me. Mm-hmm. I think I said that on last week's podcast in that match. I think this game's probably the same vein. No scoreline here would surprise me, really, in this match. And it's one of those games that's probably just best left alone. Okay, so effectively no bet in that one, unless you fancy St. Johnson on a long shot acker, maybe. Yeah. Okay, next one we're going to have a look at is Hamilton v Ross County. And I just don't know where you start with this one. (laughs) Um, Actually, I thought Hamilton did pretty well at Celtic Park at the weekend. Um, Certainly got bodies up the park in numbers, um, created a few decent chances, got their goal, um, ultimately went down 5-1, but I, I think um, they'd be quite pleased with their performance generally. When you look at this game and you say they got hammered 5-1, and you think, God, they must have got properly hammered and not been in the game, but like you say, they were good in attack. I think they what, we spoke about this, what, eight corners for Hamilton yeah, yeah. against Celtic? Who was the last team to go there and hit eight corners? Answers on a postcard, please, if you could. <laughs> Yeah, no, so. definitely. Uh, I, I fancy this one actually. I fancy this one for both teams to score. Um, and that it doesn't ov- look obvious because of the two teams involved. But I think at this stage of the season, both of those teams will look at this as a real opportunity to get three points um, because they'll both look at each other as being potential bottom four clubs. I would think. Um, so I thought Hamilton looked pretty good on uh, on Sunday, as you say, and I thought Ross County looked okay. Neither of them looked great at the back. I, I, Motherwell should have scored. I mean, obviously, apart from missing a penalty, <laughs> missed, missed a couple of sitters. I'm not going to go on about the penalty again, I promise. But you look at um, both of those games, I thought they both looked pretty poor at the back, but they both looked as though they would get goals. Like Ross Stewart looks as though he's really uh, maturing into a good good striker. So, uh, no, over three goals in six of the last seven meetings. Both teams have scored in seven of the last nine meetings. Um, so, so I think both teams to score, and I do know that you love decimals, Greg. Is uh, both teams to score one point <laughs> eight? Is there's is, no is chat of decimals in this podcast? I'll, the, I'll say that I'll one more time. Decimals, I'm a decimal boy. I'm going to so have to do something on Twitter. Vote. I think I'm going to do a Twitter vote. Decimals or fractions? It'd be interesting to see what the outcome would be. Well, I, get lo- I get loads of abuse when I publish my treble on a Saturday because I use decimals. I get like abuse uh, for it. people <laughs> like, what are, what are these numbers? And I'm like, this is the way forward. <laughs> so I'm very much into decimals. So 1.84 to 5 in your money, Greg. I think this game, I think you're spot on. This game is a match that often sees goals. And I think you've, you've called out there that the last seven or nine meetings between the sides have yielded kind of over 2.5, both teams to score. Like you, I also really like the look of Ross Stewart. Now, he started the season really well last year. I think he'd scored 11 goals by Christmas. He then got injured in Perth against us in a one-all draw. He then missed pretty much most of the season. I think he only played two games after that. Then COVID-19 came along. So I've got no doubt he would have scored 16, 17 goals anyway for Ross County last season, had the full season been played. Um, he's on penalties and I think he's a, probably a good shout as an anytime goal scorer he's 6-1 to one to score first on Saturday which I thought was quite a big price and he's 2-1 to one to score anytime so I might have a little nibble on Ross Stewart to score anytime at 2-1 to one. but I guess for Ross County though if they can win this match they go in 6 points clear at Hamilton already after just 2 games it's a big gap between probably 
what you'd view as a main rival in terms of staying up. Yeah, what an opportunity for them straight away. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're right with Ross Stewart as well because he takes the penalties as well. I always like that. Um, and he took his penalties really well actually on, on Monday night, unlike Liam Donnelly. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, no, I definitely think both teams to score a, a decent shout in this one. Okay, so we'll go with both teams to score in that one, and that's 45 or 1.8 <laughs> in one. Uh, next up, we're going to have a look at Hibs' visit to Livy, and obviously we're well aware of how good Livy's home form was last season, but you're quite keen to take them on, Greg. Yeah, I've quite a lot to say about this game, so please bear with me. So I, I guess last weekend, it was no surprise to see Livingston lose at St Mirren. And I don't want to take anything away from David and St Mirren for winning last week. But when you look at Livingston's away record, it's absolutely diabolical, really. I think three wins now in the last two seasons away from home. So three wins in 36 games on the road. But in contrast, when you look at their home form, they had the third best home record in the league last season, only better by Rangers and Celtic. They collected 28 of their 39 points at home. Now, I went to Perth Academy, so that means that 72% of their points was collected at home, which is pretty good going. And again, that's probably going to be one of the highest in the leagues, I think, in terms of percentage of points collected home and away. Um, They didn't lose many at home last season. I think they only lost twice. And if you recall, uh, Celtic fans don't enjoy going there. I think they got beat and also drew at the Tony Macaroni Stadium. Uh, Lyndon Dykes, as we said, has been a massive plus point for them. Obviously, coming in from Queen of the South, where he did a really good job there, actually. And that point, Scott Pittman and Lawless were, again, supporting goals as well. So, at home, Livingston, last season, really, really strong. Now, Hibs, at the moment, started the season off really well. So, they got my Scottish tips off to a winning start last week, as they defeated Kilmarnock 2-1. Um, Kilmarnock in that game actually were pretty toothless in front of the goal as well actually and I think it's a wonderful kick by uh, Chris Burke that got them that goal right in the stroke of half time but they look like again they'll challenge the season Hibs they've obviously got Scott Allen Martin Boyle is probably going to be one of their key players I think and I'm not just saying that because he scored two goals on Saturday but he looks like he's going to be a really good player in the season Yeah I agree I think uh, Livingston at home they're not a team that I would I would have a back against against anybody at the moment uh, until I see them on a sustained run of bad form because you know look at last season as you said they were Hibs didn't beat them in three attempts actually home or away last season um, and I think I've been to see Livingston at home and they're a different animal um, than they are away from home they, they just seem to have an unnerved confidence about beating everybody at home. They, they, they batter teams basically um, now it remains to be seen as I say now they've lost Lawless uh, I thought he was an excellent player a real big part of their success um, and if, if Dykes is off form or shades his form or gets marked out of games it remains to be seen what else they've got but I wouldn't be touching Hibs uh, to win that game that's for sure um, but maybe both teams to score again in this one because say Livingston have Scored in the last eight games against Hibs, home and away, actually. Um, and, and Hibs, they never seem to keep a clean sheet anywhere. So No, they um, don't. Yeah. In so, terms of the angle yeah, for this game, looking at the Hibs team, obviously, they've brought in Dre Wright. They've obviously got Nisbet from Dunfermline's come in. They've got Doys, They've got Scott Allen pulling the strings in midfield. 
Hibs are almost two to one to win this game. They're nineteen to ten best price, which for me is a really big price, and I think that's potentially priced up, obviously, on Livingston last season. I don't think it's a reflection on this season. Obviously, the season's just started. I think two to one, nineteen to ten is really big, but I need to give Livingston a bit of respect in that they have been excellent at home and on that plastic pitch that opposition fans and players and officials like to moan about. Uh, it is a massive advantage to them and they obviously work that to, to their advantage as well. So looking at this game, I, I probably can't take Hibs to win the game um, given Livingston's home form. But I think there's an angle to approach this game and I think Hibs have got goals in them this season like, like they did last season. And I think Hibs to score and Hibs to get three or more corners is 23 to 20. So this could be one all, 2-1, 3-1, whatever the score's going to be, a hips goal and three hips corners, I think, is a, is a really good price at 23-20. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to get on side with Hibs, but to not um, go against Livingston's home record as well. So I think that's a really good shout at 23-20, to be honest. I'd need that in decimals to work out if it's good, but it sounds good. 2.0 something, is it? <laughs> it does sound a good bet. I like that, and I'm going to be adding that to the PB treble for this weekend. Uh, so the last game we're going to have a look at on Saturday is Motherwell and United. I'm surprised that neither of you had this down any tips for this game. Um, I really fancy Motherwell here. At, I think they're around even money, but I fancy them to score two against the United. Just looking at, obviously, Motherwell finished third in the table. The Premiership last season to the United have obviously come up. But when you look at the United's forum since the turn of the year, it's actually been really poor in the Championship. Yeah, I- I got put off by Motherwell's performance on Monday night, if I'm being honest. They were, yeah. they were absolutely crap. And I was I was really disappointed because, although last season they actually look at it, they actually started the season really well. And then the, towards the end of last season, they actually weren't that good. Um, they really did tail off. But I did expect a lot more from them because I thought they, they traded pretty well in the summer. They look as though they bought yeah. some good players in. Um, but I was really disappointed with them. So... And Dundee United, I think Mickey Mellon will turn out to be a decent, uh, a decent appointment, and I think they'll be pretty hard to beat. You're probably right, Mother will probably will share it, but I wouldn't be touching that one on Saturday. I'm in the same boat with this game. Obviously, watched Dundee United against us last weekend. Uh, Dundee United were excellent in the first half. I think us going down to 10 men um, probably didn't help them, actually. We actually came into the game in the second half. I like to look at Harks in the middle of the park for United. He looked really good. And obviously they've got Shankland as well. But like you, David, Motherwell were a big disappointment on Monday night. I think they've got a really cracking team, Motherwell. Uh, and they should be up there for top six come the end of the season. Uh, but it's, it's a bit too early in the season for me to be back in Motherwell to score two goals here. Just given that Dungeon United are still a bit of an unknown in this league. And as you say, they were pretty poor towards what the last quarter of last season, um, Dungeon United. They set the season off on fire, pretty much between what, August and Christmas time. But this is a new season, and I'm not too fussed on Motherwell at the moment, just based on what I saw on Monday. So I'm keen to see how this game plays out, and I'm then keen to speak about Motherwell for the midweek game uh, next week. Yeah, I'm a wee bit more optimistic on Motherwell. I think they might get a reaction after Monday night's result. I think on paper they are a very good very good side, um, and I'd like to think that for part there might be a different proposition than they were up at Dingwall on, on Monday so I'm going to stick my neck out and go for over, over one and a half goals for Motherwell at 65 on Saturday 
which, which takes us on to Sunday's games and your beloved St Mirren travel to Ibrooks on Sunday, David. Yeah, and until yesterday, I was feeling quite confident about this. And I, you know, we, Jim Goodwin will set us up to frustrate Rangers. He did it last season twice. They beat us 1-0 both times, so they were restricted in terms of what they got off us. Uh, I kind of looked at the betting of this and I thought under two and a half goals sounds pretty good. 2.3 uh, in decimal terms there. And and that was fine until Rangers then went and bought two new strikers and that <laughs> always puts me off because um, I, I think the boy Ruff looks, or Ruffy, whatever, whatever you pronounce Ruffy, it, I think yeah, it looks he looks good pedigree, um, and the boy from Switzerland also looks as though he's got decent numbers. I always think when Rangers are playing in Europe away from home, two or three days before a league game, it used to take quite a bit out of them. I'm not sure it, it will tomorrow because I think that game's pretty much done. I don't think they'll get much in Germany, um, but. I'm not sure now. I looked at corners and things like that because you always think Rangers will batter St Man and St Man will sit deep and give away a lot of corners. We usually concede a lot of corners there, but I couldn't really find much value. It was kind of the bookie spread there's about 11 or something like that, and I always think that's a little bit high. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I don't think Rangers, I think Rangers will probably win, but the only bet I, th- I found that I thought I, I could have any confidence in would be the second half to have the most goals and that's the evens which I, I think again Rangers probably will start usually start a little bit sluggish after a European game they're at home but there's no fans there it'll be a bit weird so I think it'll take a, a little bit of time so you might not might find that there won't be any goals many goals in the first half and maybe some goals second half but it's the best I can come up with um, I'd love to think that one could win but I'm I'm a realist as well, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not going to be putting any money on it. Um, well, not any money that I'll tell anybody about. <laughs> I was going to ask if you think St Mirren can score. I see they've when they've not scored well scored once in nine games against Rangers. We don't sit. I don't know why we don't tend to get many goals against Rangers. We tend to score against Celtic more than we do against Rangers, which is a bit perverse given the the, the, the relative quality in the teams the last few seasons. But I don't know. Ibrox is a ground that we always seem to struggle at. I know yeah. a lot of teams do, but it's it's just not one that we seem to ever particularly play well. We might get a few corners um, because. Like the Dermis, uh, will we'll charge forward, and sometimes you know we'll get the ball out wide and. So corners might be an angle, but I, so just, just on that note, then, so on, on the corners note, I noticed St Mirren are eleven to ten to hit three corners on Sunday. And again, as I we don't think that's a bad before, place. It's not a bad place, is it? It just really depends on how much of the ball Mother will have. St Mirren have and how, up, how far the park they can get. On another note, though, St Mirren are forty to one minus one. So what you're saying is not to back <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we'll score a couple. I've got to be honest, but you never know it. As I said, I thought we looked pretty good on Saturday. I think the players, you know, it's really hard to judge whether it'll be it'll help us or hinder us. The fact there's nobody there because Ibrox can be quite intimidating, obviously. But at the same time, if you can get the fans frustrated, it can uh, work for your advantage. And obviously, we won't be able to do that on Saturday and Sunday. So it's a really tough one to call. We'll probably lose. By a, by one or two goals, I would think. Um, uh, hopefully not. Hopefully um, we can spring a surprise, but I wouldn't be putting money on it. Rangers are forty-six to win to nil, and that's a bet that would have landed in the eight out of the last nine games. 
not yeah, a market I, I like. I absolutely that. hate that market. You could be up 9-0 one minute to go and you get a dodgy penalty or a deflection or hits off somebody's arse and goes in. So I'm not a fan of that market, the win to nil market. Just throwing it out there. No, it's not based on the stats. And I know quite a lot of people do like that market. And for me, it's probably my most hated market is win to nil. I don't think it's a yeah, market ever back. I, I find negative betting, as, as I call it, it's a really hard one because like both teams not to score and things like that. It yeah, can just somebody it. just hits a fluke <laughs> and then it's it's all over. And, yeah, I'm not a big but fan of it myself. I think even just as a fan watching a game hoping that nobody scores, what's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> Those poor people need help. Yeah. Okay, so not much really by the way of value in that game. So we'll move on to Kilmarnock v Celtic, which is the last game of the weekend this weekend. Celtic have obviously been uh, relentless over the last what seven, eight, nine seasons. Um, they tend to do okay at Rugby Park. I don't, I can't remember many Kilmarnock points being collected at home against Celtic. Um, again, Celtic will be very short to win this match. For me, again, it's trying to find value. I've not looked into this game in too much detail, but I know, Dev, you've got a, a decent view in this, ma- in this yeah, match. Yeah, I had, I had a quick look. Obviously, since they lost, uh, since Celtic lost to Rangers at the end of last year, they've played uh, 11 league games. They've won 10 of them, drawn one against Livingston, that you mentioned, scored 37 goals. So they've scored two or more goals in the last 11 games. And they've scored in both halves in the last eight league games. And that's, I think I saw David Weatherson actually mentioning that as a, a, a betting angle in Norway. The, the, to score in both halves is actually relatively good price, 1.83 on Sunday, which I think is is decent um, because Celtic do start games brightly. They tend to go straight on the front foot. So th- to get a first half goal, I don't think it's outrageous at all. Um, and once they get one, they usually get one or two more. So I think they, they played so well on Sunday. I was really impressed with them. I thought they looked really lively. The energy and the movement and the whole team was, was really good. And I think I, I really got a, a feeling that Kilmarnock might struggle a little bit this season. So I'd fancy yeah, Celtic to score in both halves. I'm in the same view of Kilmarnock at the moment. I'm still unsure about them. I don't think the manager appointment as well. I, I'm not entirely convinced he wants to be there. I'm not entirely convinced the fans are that there's probably split opinion about him at the moment, I think. Uh, yeah, I would agree manager. with that, yep. Um, I, so, I think when yeah, when he, we got given the job last season, it was actually on the run of a pretty poor run of form. You know, the, he got given the job temporarily when um, when the, the previous manager, Alessio, was sacked. Um, but he then lost quite a lot of games. And I remember it was towards the end of the December, they came to Paisley and we beat them. And I couldn't believe how poor they were. And then literally three days after the game, they gave him the job. And I could not believe it. But obviously it wasn't his squad, let's let's be fair. And he did turn them around a little bit. But I didn't think they were great towards the end of last season either. The and way then, in which they try to play under Alesso, they do try and... It's all about ball retention. They do try and pass it about a lot, Kilmarnock. But what you'll tend to find is they're, they're passing it nowhere. As in they're keeping it in their own half, they're side to side. They don't tend to penetrate teams. And they don't tend to score that many goals. So that's probably my biggest worry for Kilmarnock this season is can they get goals to Brophy to convert to them a few more but I think you're right I think it's a very tough game for Kilmarnock One thing I'm going to look at and this is my homework for this weekend is to look at how many goals to Celtic score in the last 15 minutes of the first half because from last season just based on memory 
Celtic could be nil nil, and they would always get a goal in the forty fourth minute, forty third minute, fortieth yeah. minute. So it might be something to look at on on Sunday if it's still nil nil after half an hour. Celtic will more often than not get that goal before half time, and that must totally deflate the opposition to go in one nil right on right on half time. Yeah, I mean, I, I always think that's a tricky game for Celtic. I think there's a perception that they struggle a wee bit more on the plastic pitches and Rugby Park has been a difficult venue for them. Um, but they've certainly kind of turned that around recently. Certainly under Steve Clark, who have got a completely different proposition. They actually beat Celtic twice, I think, under Clark at uh, Rugby Park. So, um, yeah, I fully expect Celtic to win. Probably not a game I would touch, to be honest, because it's just really difficult to find some value on it. But, um, yeah... Celtic to score in both halves. What price was that again, David? Uh, in my money, one point eight three. So about four, about forty five. Yeah. An old money. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that might be an angle that people want to have a look at. Okay, so that's us covered the six games this weekend. Now, before we record our next Scottish football podcast, there's a whole round of midweek fixtures as well, Greg. So we're going to have a wee look at some of those. Yeah. So I'm not going to spend too much time on these games obviously really keen to see what happens on match day two this weekend but there's two games I'll probably look at so first of all on Tuesday night Dungeon United host Hibs at Tannadice and I think as we expect from Hibs tends to be goals um, I'm a closet Hibs fan from a betting perspective <laughs> as you all know um, but I think this is a game where I think both sides can get on the score sheet and I think Hibs defensively, the jury's still out. It'll be interesting to see how they got on this year. If they want to get third place, fourth place, they're going to have to tighten up. They can't afford to be conceding two goals every game, or a goal every game that they have been last season. Yeah. Um, United at home, I think they can cause problems. Now, these two played in the Scottish Cup last season, uh, home and away, in a replay. I think it finished 4-2 and 2 all. There's more than enough firepower on the pitch for this game. So I think over 2.5 goals at even money could be a shout. Yeah, and that's on Tuesday night. Yep. And the other one was Motherwell. Second Bielabie. is Motherwell. Yeah, so the um, Livingston away day hoodoo. I've been yep. really keen to see how Motherwell got on at home to United at the weekend. And I'm also keen to see how Livy get on. Um, Livy away from home, three wins in 36. Really, really struggle away from home. They, they really do. Uh, so if we can get a positive Motherwell result on Saturday, I think they could be a good shout. Um, at 11 to 10 to win the match and potentially 5 to 4 to score two or more. Okay, that, I mean, that's good marking people's cards early doors so that we can get on some early value if we can. But yeah, we want to see how the, this weekend's fixtures pan out and how the performances go. So we'll keep an eye out for those wins for next week. Okay, can you guys just give us a wee recap then of some of your bets for the weekend, starting with yourself, Greg? So I'm going to probably put a small stake on Ross Stewart. To score any time for Ross County at Hamilton, and my nap for the weekend in Scotland is Hibs to score, and Hibs to get over three point five corners at twenty three to twenty, and that's a bit builder with the bet three six five. Okay, and yourself, David. Okay, so definitely my nap is both teams to score Hamilton v Ross County at one point eight. Uh, also fancy Livingston v Hibs both seem to score 1.8 as well and then on Sunday Celtic to score in both halves 1.83 Thank you very much 
Um, we'll hopefully get you back on the podcast again, David, once the lower leagues start to kick into gear, and I think, is that October, that's due? Yeah, that's right, October, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, um, very excited, really very excited stuff. about that. Yeah, I think we're probably more excited to see those <laughs> games kick off than the Premiership stuff, because as we touched on, the Premiership is really tough, you know, once you get kind of that middle to bottom half of the table, um, there's really not a lot between the, the teams uh, to go on from a betting point of view, so we're, we're really keen to get started into the the lower league stuff um just ahead of that is there anyone you're particularly looking forward to from a betting angle david in terms of coming up um i think it's going to be interesting to see you know the championship looks as though hearts should stroll it obviously but there's some decent teams in there don't dundee have recruited a couple of decent players and danny mullen and alec yukubiak in the last day which i was really surprised he got yukubiak because uh, Jim Goodwin told I was at a Q&A with Jim Goodwin last week and uh, the fans were asking him about getting him back and he said we were priced out of a move um, priced out of getting him um, okay. so I was very surprised to see Dundee uh, tying him up in a two year deal because he was really good for us last season I think Dunferman have also brought in some interesting looking players that league's going to be tight um, I think looking at League One you, you know again you've got Partick Thistle down there uh, who who looks strong, but again, Cove, you wouldn't rule out Cove making a, another uh, run for promotion again because they look so strong. Um, and obviously, Falkirk are in there, which so that'll be a, another pretty tight league. Um, probably, well, probably fancy Falkirk actually, those three to be, to be honest, but um, I may be wrong on that one. And then a uh, league two, very, very hard to call. Maybe Edinburgh City finally get up because they've kind of chapped at the door a wee bit recently. Yeah, we focused on um, we focused on Queens Park quite a lot at the start of this season. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, Queens Park obviously made a lot of really interesting signings. Um, yeah, probably a lot of players who probably shouldn't be playing for Queens Park, players that should be playing at a higher level, but they've definitely splashed the cash. Queens Park, so really keen to see how they get on, and I think they could be a a future podcast favourite. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, obviously it's complicated season. I've got to go off to a good start, otherwise they'll be in trouble right from right from the off. So um, 27 games they all play. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so that's October. We've got the Betfred Cup as well coming up uh, before that. So plenty to look forward to from a Scottish point of view. Um, and by that point, obviously, the Scottish Premiership will be well into, well, be almost a full round of fixtures played by the time that kicks off. So um, that should be quite interesting as well. So, yeah, great to have you on this time around, David, but we'll definitely get you back on. Um, for any listeners out there, you should give David a follow at Pyenbov, is that correct? That's right, yep. Yeah, so give David a follow on Twitter. And, of course, you can also follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg, as well as our own Twitter account at GamblerTips. As we've touched on, we've already recorded this week's football podcast which covers the Belarusian football so make sure you give that a listen and later on this evening we're going to be recording our Norway podcast with David Wellerston as well um, so make sure you catch that if you want some bets in Norway this weekend and that's us for the Scottish football podcast a huge thanks to David that was fantastic uh, some great insight there from you and I hope that you lose your tag of the self-confessed worst gambler in Scotland <laughs> this weekend with those tips that you've given I just thought you were going to finish that. I hope that you lose, which is what most people are associated with. So, no, it's, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. 
Not at all. Thank you very much. And hopefully, as I say, we'll get you back on pretty soon again. Um, and that's us for this week. So best of luck with your tips. Best of luck with your bets to those who are listening to us. And thanks to Greg as well for your time. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you, David. Yeah, cheers. No, thanks very much. I enjoyed that. Thanks for, again for having me on.